Thanks for tuning in again, everybody. We're back with your favorite podcast, Lucas, Tigers, and Bronze. Oh, my. Luca Nation. Welcome back to another episode of Lucas, Tigers, and Bronze. Oh, my. Dude, what are you like? Why are you so mellow? What did you do today? What is it, Christmas? Is this like you, is this the Bing Crosby version of you today? Like, what do we got going on? Lucas, it's like the smooth jazz sounds. Oh, we wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Look at you, man. It's like, it's like a hobby song you just had there. You why, have did like you, a hobby- why did you leave video, Cage? Did you just start blushing? Did you have a, yes, because I, I can't believe what a great voice you have. I'm, uh, the video is gone. So, so I'm wondering, like, do you have a hobby version of that song? No. Do you have a hobby version of that song? I don't know, but I, I could come up with a hobby version of some kind of song if you like, like uh, the 12 Days of Christmas, if you want, right? Ian, you want to sing with me? Ready? On the first day of Christmas, my, the hobby gave to me a podcast for Luca Nation. What do you think of that? Good? On the second day of Christmas, the hobby gave to me two eBay returns and a podcast for Luca Nation. What are we, we going to do for three? On the third day of Christmas, the hobby gave to me three fake slabs, two eBay returns, and a podcast for Luca Nation. How about four? On the fourth day of Christmas, the hobby gave to me four calls to the post office looking for my packages. Three fake slabs, two eBay returns, and a podcast for Luca Nation. How about five? Five's a fun one, right? On the fifth day of Christmas, the hobby gave to me five day submissions that actually take 40 days. Four calls to the post office looking for my packages. Three fake slabs, two eBay returns, and a podcast for Luca Nation. Should I keep going? No. No? Ian says stop. Please, please, please. please. I don't know what else we can do here. What do we want to do for six? You want to go all the way to 12 and, and go? Say, on the 12th day of Christmas, the hobby gave to me 12 breakers breaking, 11 packs of prism, 10 Lucas leaping, 9 trays, I don't know, 9 Zion's dunking, 8 Lameen James memes, 7 left go segues. It's 7 left go segues. What's 6? What should 6 be? 6. Six. Slabstocks emails. Six Slabstocks emails. Five day submission. That actually take 40 days. Four calls to the post office looking for my packages. Three fake slabs. Two eBay returns. And a podcast for Luca Nation. What do you think? Not bad, right? Here we go. Merry Christmas, Luca Nation. Luca Nation. We have a very special and hopefully quick Christmas episode with the man himself. Get a special edition coffee with Cage. Christmas with Cage. Episode. go and we're gonna like kick it. it right off cage unless you have any words of wisdom from your cheer or fear shirt you like this it's the cheer or fear belschnickel is here you see this shirt you know what this is from you know belschnickel you know this have you been impish or admirable anybody know what this is from it's not a movie it's the office this is from The Office. That's Dwight Schrute right there as Belschnickel. <laughs> he comes in and does like a Pennsylvania Dutch Christmas as Belschnickel. Yep. Yeah. So that's it. You know, we were, we, were, we were pretty office heavy during the last couple of months, you know, during uh, COVID quarantine. And we, a little family time was watching The Office. So I got this surprised everybody this morning. And they're like, look at that shirt. <laughs> 
Well, uh, the office is being uh, pulled from Netflix, so you. Yeah, only- I guess we watched it at right the right time, right? We did. I'm going to start with a question from my sister. She was actually the one that made the graphic. Uh, Ariel Goldberg one asks, "What are you most excited for in the new year?" Hmm. You know, um, there's a lot of ways we can go with that, but. You know, one of the crazy things that happened this year was a member of our audience, Luca Nation, actually reached out to us and said, hey, you know, uh, I'd like to be able to help you out. I'd like to be able to, you know, maybe make some videos for you, maybe, you know, work on some content for you. And believe it or not, guys, that's, you know, that's how we that's how we found our producer. Uh, you know, I mean, we are we are as organic as it gets. I mean, we really started just me and Andrew talking, you know, on a Zoom call about something we love, you know, trying to find value for you guys and, and uh, you know, and talk about the hobby, talk about sports cards. You know, Andrew brings his, his inspirational side to it, but clearly, you know, inspire you to also make money. I bring, you know, 30 years of cynicism and pessimism, you know, and, and somehow we sprinkle in a little bit of uh, a little bit of magic and it works. But, uh, you know, we really started off, you know, humble beginnings, people listening to us and, it, you know, literally every day grows. And, you know, I, I love that, that the community wants to grow with us. And I guess what I'm looking forward to is that unknown DM that Andrew and I are going to get from somebody else in Luca nation who has an idea for us, who has some kind of suggestion for us, has a thought, um, you know, that will allow us to grow and bring more value to Luca nation. Um, because, you know, believe it or not, the best stuff is going to come from you guys. I mean, we'll talk, we'll give you our plays. We'll give you our thoughts. We'll bring you, you know, value in strategic partnerships like we did with star stock. And I'm, I'm very excited for that going forward as we start uh, 2021. But really the thing that excites me the most is that unknown. Um, you know, you never know when it's going to come and you know who it's going to come from, but we have the greatest listening, you know, group out there. We've built a great community. We, I want to watch continue to grow. And, you know, that's, I guess what I'm most excited for. I love it. Cage. This is from sport, sport entrepreneur, 24, Steve, Steve, uh, Merry Christmas, Steve. Merry Christmas, Steve. Cage, pick one. Who do you like more, LeBron or KD? Wow. Wow. That's like picking which one I like more, my mother-in-law or my mother-in-law. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think if I have to pick one, I'm going to go with LeBron because, you know, look, LeBron has a full skill set, plays defense, can score at will. But really what's going to set the two of them apart, besides the fact that I think LeBron's just a better player, is um, while I think LeBron has won championships because of his team, KD is only one with a team that was already a champ. A team that was already a champion without him there, you know, you name it. And I don't give him any credit for that championship at all. I think that team would have won the championship without him. Whereas LeBron has now done it with three different teams, um, and say what you will about having, you know, another player on there each time, you know, the one he did with Cleveland was impressive. He was obviously the alpha there and, you know, the, you know, he's, he's, he's now done it, what, four times, four championships. I mean, if I, I have to pick one, I think while I don't like either one of them, um, there's no denying they're both great NBA players. LeBron is, I think, head and shoulders better than KD. It's a good question Nate, though, Steve. <laughs> Naderade asks, how much wax did Cage get for Ian? Merry Christmas. <laughs> How much wax did, did we get for Ian? Ian is currently playing a, uh, what is it, Mario Kart? Otherwise, I'd have him answer for you. But um, Ian. Three, 
Ian likes value. And, guys, I, I, here's a nice little play because, obviously, Ian got it for Christmas, so I'll put my money where my mouth is. With the crazy price of wax that's out there now, you know, prism, optic, you name it, um, well, you see how much they're charging for boxes now. Um, Ian actually <laughs> turned me onto this, and I think the value is significant there. He likes 17, 18 optic mega boxes. We were able to find them for like $165, $170 per box. Um, and, you know, we were able to tell Santa, obviously, that he should bring some for Ian. And in those, you get, what is it, 10 packs? 10 packs. 10 packs. Box. 10 packs and mega box. So not a blaster, the mega box, 10 packs. And it's the one with the red, yellow rookies. And basically, I think you get 20 rookies, right? Yeah, 20, 20 red, yellow rookies. Plus, you're going to get a hollow or two in there and, you know, yeah. blue, you name it. And we've opened these before. And, you know, I think the last one we opened, we had a Tatum base optic, a Tatum red and yellow optic. We got a silver, you know, like a hollow optic hollow of somebody. There's a bunch of base rookies, but you know, you're, you're, you end up with John Collins and Bam and Tatum and De'Aaron Fox and just all these guys, these crazy rookies from that year. And, and, you know, where else are you, where else are you opening quote unquote 10 packs of product for, Mm-hmm. Less than 200 bucks, so I, I think it's a bargain. He got uh three of those, right, bud? Three someone of those, argue, got a... someone argue that's a better draft class than the 2019 2020. Yeah, I mean, listen, obviously, the last three draft classes are great, but there's no there's no comparable box to that. I actually don't mind the red yellow, um, and also 17 18, they grade pretty good. Like, we opened one earlier this year and we graded almost every card, and you know. What'd you get? You got you got tens, right? You got ten Tatum, red, yellow. I mean, you got a bunch of tens. Lonzo Ball was in there, you know. Kuzma's in there. I mean, there are some you know mid-level guys as well. But you know, when you pull them out of a box like that, they grade well, and you know, you do pretty well on, on a box that you're only into for you know the price of a pack of Prism, basically. Cage, can I follow up and ask? Do you think the the price of those uh, optic from 2017 are so low because the design is sort of hideous? Well, I think it's because well, a, a couple of reasons. Number one. Everybody has forgotten about that draft class, although this is like make or break time for that. We talked about like Louis Markinen and John Collins not getting their contracts and having to play for their contracts. But the, the design is not the greatest thing on earth. But think about the cards you can get in there. And, you know, at that price point, it's almost, you hate to say this, but it's almost like can't lose territory if you're going to grade the cards if they're in decent enough shape. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not the prettiest cards, but, you know, we can probably go through. You could probably name a dozen guys in that year that are yeah, worth pulling Yeah, Donovan Mitchell's in there. Exactly. I mean, there's so many great guys in that in that set that, uh, you know, I mean, we, we he Santa also brought him a box of Obsidian football, which, which you know, has seven cards in it. And it's, you know, $100 more than that mega box is. And you can get garbage, you know. Isn't it crazy for draft class with so much um... – so much talent. The number one pick that year was Markel Fultz. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, Fultz, who knows? You know, you, you know, um, I, don't I haven't written. Whenever people hear the name Fultz, they're like, well, who knows? He's still young. Well, he is young. And, and these guys, they're only, they're, you know, they're three years into the league, right? I mean, I know Giannis is great. You know, I'm not going to compare everyone to Giannis. Giannis was more of a project coming in. But Fultz was a number one pick and supposed to be more polished. But, you know, people forget, you know, guys like, you know, who are in the MVP race now, Dame. And this is his 10th year, you know, Giannis, like eighth or ninth year, you know, I mean, some of these guys like Fultz, it's only their third year. I mean, I'm not going to say he's in the next year or two, he's going to turn it on and become one of those type players, but 
he is still young and he hasn't had that great of a team. Um, you know, I watched that first game because I was looking for Dwayne Bacon to score more than zero points. But Fournier looks like a legit talent and uh, Cole Anthony looks good. So, you know, maybe they'll have some talent around him. Maybe, you know, maybe he'll, maybe he won't suck. <laughs> Cage, hey, Dizzle Cards asked, what's the funniest sports card related story or deal you've been a part of? The funniest sports card story or deal? I try not to be funny when it comes to the deals. I, I try to think of something. What's the funniest sports card story or deal that I've been? Buddy, you got any funny sports card stories for me? No. no. He says, no, we try to be serious when it comes to our sports cards. Well, um, we, we actually stumped the king. This doesn't happen often. No, it's not because it's not funny. I mean, I try not to make a joke out of, like, you know, the actual deals. But, but uh, I should have a story ready for you guys, you know? Um, I'll tell I guess not. You got one, and then I'll, I'll try to think of one. I mean, I can always tell my oh. eye on Pulsar Green story, which is, you know, eventually I'm going to have to tell Ian where that card is. <laughs> well, the first hit, I sold a lot of cards. Uh, so I had some cash. And on Mercari, someone posted a Prism Giannis uh, Raw card, 550 bucks for the Raw one. Bought it, sent it to BGS, got it graded. Came back with 9.5. This was right right before the bubble started, and mm-hmm. on Facebook, that really nice guy on Facebook that we, we've interacted with before offered me straight up a Jordan Fleer PSA eight for the Giannis Gem Mint nine point five with a nine subgrade. Uh, he came into I posted I was trying to sell it. He said, "Hey, I would love to trade you straight up." Uh, anyway, the trade happened, no issue. The guy was amazing, uh, but two months later. He calls me. He's like, hey, man, I thought this was a, a, a quad gem at 9.5. Two months after the trade goes down. And I'm like, brother, look at the photo. I'll tag you in it again. And I tag him in it again. He's like, oh, yeah, you're right. I just made a mistake. I've told this story. So, you know, I apologize if people, you know, who have listened to this are hearing it now for a second time. But I do have one, I don't want to call it funny because to me it was miserable at the time, but every one of these return stories are miserable as you're going through them. But I did a break. I tried to get into crazy breaks, but for some reason, I don't know what it was. I just got back into the hobby. I was on a whole bunch of like breaker sites and, and, and you know, I was just basically trying to spread the money around all over the place. Call it, call it research for this podcast, if you like, right? <laughs> so, um, but it was right at the time that Transcendent Wrestling came out, Top's Transcendent Wrestling. And it is a legitimate break. You know, it's one of those things that I think the, it was like $13,000 or something like that for, it comes in like a suitcase. And guaranteed in there were like a signed belt and in addition to the signed belt was uh this vip thing to wrestlemania which happened to be near me it was in uh, metlife stadium i think it was in like the meadowlands it was in uh new jersey um so i got in this break and they give you 53 spots and it was like i don't know three four hundred dollars a spot or so it's just something crazy you know um and obviously the top spot was the the spot for um the wrestlemania vip ticket and it was like ringside seats and like a meet and greet with like tops and you got cards and you know like transcendent party cards it was like a whole to do right and it was going on ebay for about three thousand dollars right which is just an amazing thing so i bought my spot i'd like to say long story short but already too late but i bought my spot and i got that number one pick and i got that thing and I sold it on eBay immediately because it was like they were breaking this like the week before WrestleMania. So I got the thing, 
someone bought it for like I think it was like three thousand thirty two hundred something like that, and um, I sent him the ticket. You know, I think he was in like a fourth row. You know, he was so excited. Um, you know, he 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 linked with me on uh, on um, on Twitter, and um, you know, he got the tickets. He went to WrestleMania, and I saw on Twitter like all of these pictures he posted of. You know him with Ric Flair and him with uh, the Big Show backstage, and you know pictures from his seat. You know, like you know, with people like you know sweating on him. He was so close. I mean, like just like a great thing, right? And about two weeks after the event, I get an email. You know, the dreaded email from eBay, which is uh, the buyer has opened a um, item not as described return, and I'm like what in the ever-loving crap is this, right? And of course, like two days later, eBay finds in the buyer's favor. And I'm like, what the hell is this? Like, I, how's he going to return this? Like, WrestleMania already happened. Like, how? So I, I screenshotted all the stuff off of his Twitter. I, like, wrote to eBay, unit, and the whole deal. And turned out, like, he, he, the eBay finally closed it in my thing. But he, I guess he, he, he opened a claim, like, through his credit card. It was like a whole to do. But anyway, I sent the credit card, all of the pictures and all the stuff. I ended up obviously winning the whole thing. And I, you know, I, I through the process, I'm emailing the guy and I said to him, I'm like, dude, like I have pictures of you at this thing. Like, wh- what is the deal? And he says, well, you know, this was supposed to be a VIP party and it just wasn't what I was expecting. It wasn't as VIP as I thought it was going to be. And I'm like, dude, that's, that's on tops. You know, like, I, you know, when you bought this thing from me, it wasn't, I didn't guarantee that you were going to get a lap dance from Becky Lynch here. You know, like what the hell's going on? So anyway, I, I guess it was definitely not funny at the time. You know, with a good cage for uh, Christmas next year. Don't yeah, exactly. So, so no, but I mean, you, I don't really think it's funny. I actually, I'm, I'm, my stress level is getting up as I'm thinking about this, to be honest with you. I mean, the eBay stuff, you know, what's amazing. If you go back, I forget what episode it was somewhere around 100 102 something like that um we have an episode it was like you know uh cage's ebay drama i think was was what it was right and um i was telling everybody how i had i had sold after week one i sold the steve slayton silver psa 10 it was the only card i sold in the second half of 2020 on ebay starting july 1st i sold one card i think i sold like july 3rd or some something like that i don't remember exactly what it was but we had just started. We were, you know, a couple months in. And of course, 29th day after being paid for it, the buyer puts in a return. You know, he bought it like right after that Monday night where he had a great game, Steve Slayton. And the buyer puts a return in and he wins. He wins it. I appeal it. And eBay, eBay sides with me and says, yeah, it's buyer's remorse clearly. It's 29 days. You know, it's, you know, garbage, you name it, appeal. Um, I literally fought with eBay for about two months. They kept saying they, they would give me the money back because they took the money out of my account, literally out of my checking account. Um, we'll give it back to you. You won the appeal. We'll give it back to you. We'll give it back to you. Finally, guys, to put a completion on this, like 80 episodes later, last week, I got someone on the phone, like, we'll credit you, we'll credit you. Now, with the return, I had to pay for like return shipping and all that stuff. So basically, they took $208 out. They only gave me $180 back. So even, even today, I'm still not whole on that thing and it literally is the only ebay sale that i made this year so I, I, ebay stresses me out but go ahead i, I went off on a little let's, let's, on let's get some christmas cheer what's your favorite <laughs> christmas holiday movie yemwax asked 
And then Dan Note asks, what's your fourth favorite Christmas movie? Fourth favorite, nice. Dan's always got the funny stuff. So I will tell you what I watched last night. Um, you know, Please because don't. that's kind of like you got every- kids listening. Come on, now. yeah, <laughs> funny, but uh, you know, I mean, that is always because every Christmas movie is on. I'll tell you the three movies that I watched last night while preparing for Christmas. The first one during the day was Elf. I'm a big Will Ferrell guy, I think that's a hilarious movie. Um, I like that one. Then I watched uh, Rocky Four which is a low key Christmas movie, guys. You know, he fights, he fights Drago in Russia on Christmas. So it is definitely a Christmas movie. Don't you know? Don't 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 at me if you if you don't know. If you know, you know. And then I followed that up with you know a nice little standby of Christmas Vacation, little Chevy Chase, little cousin Eddie. That one always gets me. That's a great one. I like that one. I'll I'll, I'll put that one in there. So my fourth favorite would be Christmas Story. I used to watch that with my father. You know, we had the the marathon. You always find a Christmas story and you'll shoot your eye out. I'm pretty sure Santa wrote uh, on one of Ian's gifts. I think he had a Nerf gun. You know, don't shoot your eye out, kid. So there's my there's my my run of Christmas movies. Also, low key Christmas movie. Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Anybody who tells you it's not is wrong. Gremlins is a fun Christmas movie. Also, but you didn't know Die Hard was a Christmas movie. I'm just a spectator, dude. Just, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. I'm not Katoni Plaza. I'm just here for the ride. Well, it's a Christmas movie. Don't so let anybody ever tell you it's not. And people will try. People will try to tell you it's not, but it is. Preston, so did you? What was your fourth one? It was my so fourth one was Christmas Story. Die Hard. Your first favorite is Elf with Will Ferrell. Yeah, that that works. I'll take it. Preston asks, Preston Amato, what was Ian's favorite Christmas present? What was Ian's favorite Christmas present? I asked him that, and it's funny because it turns out that it's something that wasn't on his list. He got a nice little Callaway Junior starter golf set, but that was not his favorite. Um, He got this awesome pair of boxing gloves with mitts. So I get to wear the mitts, and he gets to, he gets to you know, train a little boxing gloves. Is that gonna be, would that be your favorite, dude? The boxing is your favorite one? Boxing gloves. So, I mean, that's pretty cool because the kid got – he got a Switch, you know, a Nintendo Switch, and he got golf clubs, and he got all kinds of cool stuff. But uh, his favorite are these boxing gloves and boxing mitts, which is pretty cool. La- Ryan Bitter asked, um, Ryan's a great part of Luca Nation. Um, last year, we saw vintage rise with modern. Because modern has taken off again, can you give us some vintage plays that are soon to follow? Yeah, so we've done it, right? We've done it a couple times. If we're talking about basketball vintage, um, I just got an email, somebody lowered their price. I mean, I still think you could probably get it a little bit cheaper than this, but, you know, watching what Kevin Durant cards are going for and watching what, 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 you know, these modern prices are going for and seeing a Luca blue, blue ice prism the other day. sell for, I think it's over $70,000 the other night, mm-hmm. seeing a Shaq rookie 1992 upper deck where there's just over 300 of them priced in the twos. Somebody sent me an email, like an offer of 2,700. It's 2,700 to buy it now or something like that. So I'm sure you can get it cheaper if you try to you know, bargain a little bit. That uh, to me is criminally underpriced for a guy who's consistently in the top 10 all-time NBA player list and still is relevant now. Um, you know, I think the, the, the question is very sound, right? Because, um, we'll see the, the modern prices rise. And then the vintage, you're like, wow, you know, how can this stuff not be worth that? I would look at Allen Iverson cards. I would look at Vince Carter cards. Um, I, I can't believe I'm calling them vintage because that's really making me feel old. But those guys are underappreciated. A little Tim Duncan as well. Maybe even, you know, if you want to take one step below that, Dirk Nowitzki. I mean, we're talking about recent vintage. 
If you want to go back further than that, that's fine. I have a feeling, though, that um, at least in the near term, you're going to see a little more appreciation for the guys that people who are in their 30s knew and watched playing the Kobe type of, quote, vintage card um, rather than the, uh, you know, the, the Moses Malone type that we saw run up previously. I think we're going to see a little more focused on that, uh, you know, 80s, 90s. And early 2000. Yeah, it blows my mind that like a Zion Prism base that there's 14,000 of is 900. <laughs> when Charles Barkley cards are just a little bit higher than that. He's Barkley's getting appreciated now. His PSA 10 is like a $10,000 card now. I think Barkley has become the the 86 Fleer, I think, has become the uh, the second highest priced card in that set. I think it passed Elijah on. Wow. I don't know where Wilkins would be. You don't see a lot of those come up for auction. Remember, there's less than 100 of those. But recently, I've seen the Barkley market start to pick up because, look, I love Elijah on, but he's not exactly relevant in pop culture or anything like that. Whereas you see Chuck, I saw Chuck Santa Claus giving out gifts, you know, this week. The thing about Shaq that I think does hurt him is he's in like kind of his own release, right? There's not much other talent in that's true that's true alonzo morning is like the closest one christian late who people hate i'll tell you what hurts Shaq. this and this is this is one of those things where if you're patient you'll you can actually probably make out on this in the in the uh in the early 90s what's up i don't want to make out with you (laughs) yes you do so um when i when Shaq came out the big men were all the rage and you know trust me i knew all about this so um People love people love the centers. That was the game at the time. People loved Elijah Wan and Ewing. Are we still talking about basketball here? No. So, but they love those guys, right? They love the big guy, just like you do. Um, and the game is not centered around the big guy now. So people are hesitant to invest in centers. You see the same thing with like Joel Embiid or DeAndre Ayton, even. You know, I mean, people say, you know, you don't want to make, you know, you're not gonna make money in centers. That's the current thought process now. And that is extending to um, that's extending to vintage. People are staying away from those centers, you know, with the exception of Will Chamberlain. You know what I mean? Which is just a different kind of, a different kind of thing. Most people don't even know what position Will Chamberlain played. Um, but but if that if that ever you know tilts in the other direction, and you ever get a, a, a situation where where centers are relevant again. Shaq is going to be significantly underpriced, you know? I mean, and the game does change, right? I mean, eventually, people are going to figure out what to do with the shift in baseball. You know, they're going to be a whole, a whole class of kids are going to come up being able to bunt, drag bunt, you name it, and kill the shift. It's going to be the same thing, you know? There's going to be some defense that gets created to play the three-pointer, and there's going to be a value placed on the two teams that have seven-footers, the twin towers, let's call them, you know, whatever you want to whatever you want to call them, and that team is going to win a championship, and then everybody's going to copy them. So. I'll give you guys a play, and I actually woke up this morning. I was watching old NBA highlights. Pistol Pete Maravich was so freaking good in his time. There's really never been anyone like him, Uh, and I know you got to go way back uh, to, like, what was it, 50s and 60s when he played, Uh, but I think he's an interesting play cage. Yeah, it's the 60s. I like Pete Maravich. If you have never watched the movie Pistol, that's the one to watch. It's pretty cool. I liked cool. His game was way above his time. Way right. above. He was, he's a similar to like a Curry type of guy, right, where he, he changed the game. It was all about the handle. Also, just a great story. I mean, just yeah. a really great story. 
Katie, you touched on this a little bit, so I'll jump into this question. It's from gtsm.high. When a player is consistently undervalued in the card market like Tim Duncan, what will be the catalyst for his cards to ever rise? Or will there be one? Also, this is this the time to start buying baseball? Does the PS8 pop scare you with 8K? So we'll come back to that. Let's start with the first one. Um, right. Okay. So, so Duncan, right. I'll tell you that, that you know, that even though he's relevant, he'll be in the hall of fame at some point in time. I don't think that that really does it. Although I did see a rise in Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett cards over the last two years. Eventually Duncan will be there. He was coaching for a little while in San Antonio. Maybe he comes back into the line like that way, but ultimately what's going to happen on it is it's, it's inflation. Basically it's the rising tide theory. It's if, if you're sitting out there and there's a Tim Duncan Chrome refractor rookie, selling for the same price as a a Cam Reddish card, well, then guess what? The Tim Duncan cards are going to go up in value. You know, that's just the way it's going to be. You know, ultimately, you know, people are going to realize that things are underpriced. It happened before. It will happen again. As modern goes up, the vintage will go back up with it as well because it is, it's always a comparison, right? Um, You know, you see it across modern as well, right? People are like, all right, well, if I have to pay this much for a silver Luca, I might as well buy a Luca Auto. If I have to pay this much for a silver tray, I might as well buy a tray RPA. The same thing will apply to, to vintage. And, um, you know, I mean, listen, you know how those that are made on these, these modern cards, um, you know, what's going to wind up happening on them is a lot of them are not going to pan out. I mean, Gary V talks about this all the time. I've heard him on nine different interviews talk about how great a player Chris Bosch or Ray Allen was. And yet nobody really cares about them. So there's two ways to read that. One, your investment cards now are going to go down, which is possible if they don't pan out. But more importantly, maybe another way to play that is to look at Chris Bosch and Ray Allen's cards and realize that they were that good and that people are just not looking at them now and that maybe they will soon. And maybe now's the time to jump on guys like those. If you guys do, though, I will say make sure that the scarcity of it matches the demand, right? Like, don't get a Chris Bosch or Ray Allen card where there's maybe two, a pop of 200, 300, because there's not two or 300 high-end investors in Ray Allen. But if you could get a really unique Chris Bosch or Ray Allen card out of five, right? Yep. Then you could, it, it could really demand a premium for a Ray Allen or Chris Bosch collector down the road, right? Instead Correct. of back to thinking like a collector, um, the reason that there's, the Jordan Fleer PSA 10s cross 200K is sure there's low pop relative, but there's also a ton of investors in Jordans. Now, the second part, and I, I think it's a good point. Also, is this the time to start buying baseball? Does the PSA pop scare you with 8,000 PSA 10 Sotos out there? No. Baseball so, the same attention as basketball. So I will tell you, right, th- those populations are actually low compared to some of the, like, top basketball guys, right? I mean, you think, oh, wow, 10,000 Acunas or, or 8,000 Sotos. That's actually low compared to Zion. You know, I mean, it's not, it's not even a lot. So the best time to buy cards in the offseason is yesterday, right? So, so you know, basically any time <laughs> after, like, did there. any time after, like, that, I'll call it, like, that two-week window where the season ends – after that, when no one's looking at that season and some other season has started, that's the time to get into baseball, right? I mean, I already started buying baseball. Um, and, yeah, it is definitely the time to get into baseball if you haven't done it yet. Um, because 
pretty soon everyone's going to be looking there. It is the next, it's the next season to start unless you want to count hockey, which I think is starting in, up in January. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, to me, eventually baseball is going to be the next thing that, that rises. Um, so yeah, I would, I, I'd be looking at baseball right now. And, and, and as far as pops, no, I'm not afraid of the pop on Soto at all. Um, I'd be afraid on lesser players, but you know, when you're talking about Acuna and Soto and, and Tatis and those guys, that type of pop is not huge. That's his flagship tops card. Think of it like Luca, Trey, um, and those guys, prism base cards. That's, that's the comparison. So the pop is in line with those. Connor cards asks, what's your take on the, on hockey cards and their potential in the market? So it's funny. I'll, I'll compare hockey to exactly what you just said with Chris Bosch. Right. So there's nothing wrong with hockey and there is a fan base for hockey. And you know what? There's probably some money to be made in hockey. Um, you know, I don't just say buy what you love. I actually mean it. Right. And I just don't love hockey. Um, I probably should. I know a lot of people do. Um, I just never got into it. It's just never been the sport that I loved. Um, so I'm not buying it. Um, and so to, to bring it back to the Chris Bosch thought process, there are Chris Bosch collectors, right? But there are not as many Chris Bosch collectors as there are of Michael Jordan or any of these other guys. So, so you know, the demand's going to be less. And when the demand's less, the prices are not going to go up the way that other stuff will. This may change. You know, I mean, people are banking on soccer prices going up, not because of, you know, just the, the Euro Cup and then the World Cup and, you know, the young stars in it, but people are expecting the demand for it to go up because more people are going to watch soccer and soccer is a global sport. So I guess if hockey grows, there's money to be made in hockey cards. I just, if that's something you guys want, uh, you know, a little more info on, you got to give me a little time. I, I will become a hockey expert, but I'm just not that presently. Why is eggnog just a holiday drink? Because it tastes like snot. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, eggnog is there, I don't know who asked the question, but like, is it coming from somebody who actually wants to drink eggnog year round? Because I don't, that's a party I don't need to go to. I feel like <laughs> the question is rhetorical because I don't think I have the answer for you, Paige. I apologize. <laughs> Why is it? Listen, if, if I'm drinking eggnog, if someone who I, wants I, to drink eggnog year round, he didn't clarify, Cage. I apologize. <laughs> I'll, I'll oh. Have you ever had eggnog? I have never had eggnog. All right. Well, then you don't. Then then you try it, and you'll understand what I'm talking about. You you got to put some serious alcohol in there. You it. have um, a Russian drink that's I think similar. So it's egg yolks and sugar, and it's like blended up uh, with like a, I don't know what one of those are called hand blenders. Um, uh -huh. And it's when you get sick, it's called Gogol Mogol is what it's called in Russian, but it's like, it's just egg, it's just egg yolk and sugar. Well, that's your new nickname. Lucas, Tigers, and Bronze, Luca Nation. We're going to call Andrew Guggen Muggen from now on. That's, that's a good attempt. Okay. Guggen Muggen. By the way, you just compared it to medicine. When you're sick, you drink this Guggen Muggen egg drink. So yes, why would anyone want to drink that year round? Hey, <laughs> dude, you, you won't believe it. Like, we do not take any medicine. Any medicine. Like, our medicine is tea with honey and lemon um it's hard-boiled eggs when your sinuses are clogged you put them on a towel and you put them on your eyes um what are some other ones um really 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 strong mustard you breathe it in to unclog your nose when it's stuffy 
Uh, we don't do, we do not do medicine. Like I'm, I'm, I don't even know any other way to put it. We, we didn't have Advil in my house growing up. Are you giving a list of Russian medicine and leaving vodka off? Come on, how dare you? Dude, so it's called a garchinka. It's like, um, I don't even know the right word for it in English, but like when you're sick, sometimes they tell you take a shot. It'll clear you out. I'll keep going. This is more up your alley. What else you got? Take a shot. I like it. Take a shot. It clears you up. Go for it. For me, whenever I get sick, I always have a, a, a tradition. I go sauna, cold shower, sauna, cold shower, sauna, cold shower, till I'm basically half dead, and then I pass out for eight hours. I have a tradition, too. It's called, if I can't fix it with Coke Zero, then I go see the doctor. Good, good, good. I like that. Dr. Pepper. On that note. Right there. Dr. Pepper. Pepper. See it? Superior Dude, sports. Doctor. I see, I see it. I see it. I see it. Curious <laughs> Sports Cards asks, what does Cage prefer, McDonald's, Wendy's, or Burger King? Mm. This is the best question I've ever gotten. Whoever asked this question, Superior gold star for you. Sports Cards, you know, you know him. Superior Sports Cards, best question we've gotten so far. So, it depends on what I want to eat. McDonald's has the best French fries of all of those places, okay, by far. Of those three, McDonald's fries are the best. Anybody says different does not know fast food. They're a skinny person. Um, <laughs> as far as a straight burger goes, just a regular burger, I'm gonna go with um, I'm gonna go with the Burger King burger, the flame broiled burger. Burger is good time. Although I'm gonna tell you recently, I've had the uh, I've had this this uh, pub pretzel bacon cheeseburger type thing at Wendy's. That was a damn good burger. It tastes like you had it at like a bar. It was a good time. Better, better than fast food burger, but it's not exactly cheap. So regular burger, go we go with the Burger King. You fries you're gonna go with uh with burger uh, with Guys, uh, McDonald's. We might have to stop this early. Cage just got his car keys. He's getting in his car. Oh yeah I'm going right now. Oh this is, this is it. He's getting and, uh, hungry as he's talking about it. Yeah I'm cooking while I should have saved this till the end. I'm I'm a Wendy's uh, Wendy's nuggets uh, Wendy the Frosty, forget about it. You can put anything in front. To, to Frosty is a good time, um, but yeah, no. I, each one has its own. Each one has its own thing that it's good for. But if you, if you tell me you're gonna have to have a meal and pick one, go to McDonald's because it's the same every time. You know what you're gonna get no matter where you go. Hey, this is from John. Uh, what's your favorite '90s basketball insert outside of PMG Precious Metal Gems? If that's your choice, yeah, I wouldn't go with that. I mean, I, I'll give. Um, I, I can never give a favorite because instead I want to give five, and you guys can go look for them. Um, my favorite '90s insert. The, the number one is easy. I've talked about it all the time, and it's impossible to grade well. I wish I had a Jordan Ten of the Ultra Scoring Kings, the purple with the lightning in the background. That's just a really cool insert. Um, I love uh, refractors from '93 Finest. Um, both baseball and 93, I've talked about this, that started the whole thing. If you are a collector now, that's the OG set for you and nobody talks about it. That was That's what brought refractor, silver, shiny, you name it. The 93 Finest was the first one to do that kind of shiny parallel. Um, you know, it I doesn't love really get... 95 Jordan fi- uh, Finest refractor. Yep. So... Bought one for 450 right before uh, the last dance. The guy was all ready to ship it to me and then he messages me, he cancels the order and he says, my son just came home and he asked me specifically not to ship this one card out of my collection. He loves it so much. And I have to stand by my son and I can't send it your way. Oh, it's terrible. So beam team, I love 92, not years after, only the, the original beam team. 
For baseball, I love the hot glove insert from Fleer. I've shown a couple of the Griffies that I have. I got, you know, I'm a, I have a small Griffey PC. Um, and I like those cards with the die cut. Like the, it's, it's a picture of the guy inside of a glove. It's a pretty cool card. Um, but yeah, the, I mean, the 90s had some really cool inserts. He, he also asked, can you give us a, uh, let me see. Oh, along those lines, is there another card like PMG you see that could explode in value next? You know, it seems like every week somebody else is chasing another card that's going to explode. Right now, believe it or not, it's um, I see people chasing from a, a, a little known set revolution. Right. I see people chasing the galactic cards on these yeah. things. And I see people chasing and select the court sides. And it just seems like there's always some sort of a chase, um, you know, going on with those type of things. Is there something that's unknown that's like the next PMG? Hmm. Wow. So in the 90s, um, there was a peak on these cards because Jordan had both of them and Elijah on had one and Rodman was in the set. I don't have these, so I probably shouldn't tell you guys this. I should buy it beforehand, <laughs> but that's not how I roll. But in um, one of them was in the jumbo set and one of them was in the rack pack. And I, I don't know if you guys even know what these are, rack packs. It's like, it's like a cello pack, but there's like three different segments of it. And Fleer, they, were, they had them in baseball and in, in basketball. Um, the team leader set, which was from, um, from baseball, was just this green one. They had it in 92 and 93. Um, and basketball, they had it. Um, basketball is a blue one, team leaders. Jordan has it. It's a weird card. He's kind of like, like rebounding it. But it was a blue border card that kind of chipped on the edges. Very hard to do uh, grading. And then there was also jumbo like cello pack that had a total D was the basketball insert. It's a black border card. Um, Jordan's kind of playing defense. He's like getting ready, like to play, you know, off ball defense. Um, those cards, those clear inserts that were not in the regular packs, they were in like jumbo packs and, and rack packs. I could see those being sneaky plays down the road, like the, like the precious metal gems. They're not as pretty. That's the only thing. The precious metal gems, they're like legit. Like we, people talk about like cards being artwork. They're like artwork. So Drake's fourth PC as Merry Christmas, Drake. You know, it's cool. Drake is someone that with his questions, uh, he's made me learn more about the hobby through his engagement, through his input, his insights. So Drake, Merry Christmas. Thank you for everything you do. Yeah, thanks for all your contributions. I think he's asked a question for every one of the coffee occasions we've had. So thanks. Drake. Thoughtful questions too. And it's, it's been more than one. So we really appreciate it. Is it possible to be too diversified across all sports? Yes. I, I think that's a great question, actually. It is. I mean, I don't have hockey and I don't have much baseball. And it goes back to the whole, like, uh, you know, buy what you love. Um, I, I think it's probably smart to always take stock in your collection, move things around, see what you have, um, you know, how much you have in vintage baseball, vintage basketball, vintage football, modern across the sports. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think it is possible to get spread too thin. I'll, uh, Drake, I think you'll appreciate this. And I don't fully understand it, so I'm not going to try to get into it. But Charlie Munger uh, talks a lot about diversification. And really, I, I recommend doing a little homework with what he thinks is the right way to diversify and what diversification really means, actually, because everyone has a different interpretation of that, right? Because if you think about it, you could diversify across a player, right? You could be all in on one guy and get a ton of his different cards. 
are you diversified? Like if you bought a ton of Michael Jordan cards, right? And you have PMG and Fleer and autographs and rookie and inserts. Oh, what's up, little man? Um, are you diversified? So I, I would look into that cage. Is that okay to, to say? No, a hundred percent. Listen, what, what, what's diversified for me may not be for you because you can diversify across sports, across players, you know, one sport, another sport, you name it. So a hundred percent, what works for me is not going to work for you. It's, it's kind of what we preach, right? There's no cookie cutter way of doing this. Greg also asked, what rules do you have for cards in your PC? What, what do I have? Rules. What rules do I have for cards in my PC? I don't, uh, I don't have rules. The rule is don't criteria have a principles maybe is a better one. Like so, example, no. So what I would tell you is principles, right? It's not rules, but it's guidelines for how he invests. Maybe that's what Drake means. Yeah, no. So my only rule is going to be don't have a rule. Be flexible with everything, right? Because what works for you today, works for you this month, might not work for you next month. And what's going on in the cards might change from month to month. Love it. And last question. How do you identify trends before a market explodes? Like what happened with Pokemon last year? Well, so, you know, you always have to be educating yourself, right? So why I jumped on Pokemon was because I happened to be watching Jeremy Padauer videos. I happened to be listening to what he was saying. Um, I'm not a Pokemon guy. I'm, I'm older than most of the Pokemon fans out there, but it just made sense, right? The money was going to come in. Um, you know, it is a global brand. The 25th anniversary is coming. And what I've noticed is there's a lot of money and people that get into things right before you think it should be. So if the 25th anniversary is coming, don't look to buy it a month before the 25th anniversary. Buy it on the 24th anniversary. You know what I mean? If someone's going into the Hall of Fame in five years, don't wait until right before because you're going to miss the boat on that. You know what I mean? So that, that's kind of what happened with Pokemon. Pokemon jumped this year because it was the year before the 25th anniversary. Everybody's expecting that to happen. So you got to get in right before everybody else does. <laughs> we love you guys. This year, when we started this, we could have never imagined that on Christmas we would have what I feel is virtual friends, virtual mentors, a virtual community that I hope one day we get a chance to even meet in, uh, whether that's, you know, at the national or another local regional event. Uh, we love you guys. We wish you a Merry Christmas, Happy Holiday. Uh, as we're gearing up for 2021, um, if there's anything we could help you with, support you with, if you want to do is we're always, 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 always available. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, you guys are our oxygen. Please keep the comments coming. Guys, listen, and just to piggyback on that, I got a house full of people here. Everybody's arriving, you know, and it's, uh, you know, we've, we've committed to a, uh, an episode a day for you guys. And, you know, you might not get this on Christmas. You might be with your family as well, and that's perfectly fine. But we want to make sure that you guys are aware here for you because, as Andrew said, this community, you guys have been here for us. We asked you, hey, we're doing a call for the cage. You got any questions? And boom, the questions are there. You know, we... We ask you guys what you think about products, what you think about partnerships, and, you know, you guys tell us. And that's the key, right? And, um, you know, going into the end of the year, if you ask me what I'm most thankful for, that is 100% what I'm most thankful for. We love this community we're building. We thank you all. And Merry Christmas, guys. Hopefully uh, you didn't kill this episode when I was trying to sing the 12 days of hobby Christmas in the beginning <laughs> and stuck around for some of the questions. If you guys have signed up for Starstock, here's a quick little play to look into. Miami Heat drafted this guy named Precious. 
One, I think his name is hilarious. But his cards, his stock is rising quite a bit. And Miami knows how to groom talent. They know how to draft. Take a look at this guy, Precious. It's I, like a Jewer, right? A Jewer? Chua. A Chua. I only know him because we, we, we got two boxes of draft, Ian and I, and when we opened it, he was in like every, every one of them. It was an orange, a red. I was like, who's this Precious guy? Precious. But yeah, I like it. All right, everybody. Merry Christmas. I'm going to go cook. <laughs> Later. Thank you for spending some time with us on another episode of the Lucas Tigers and Bronze Oh My podcast. Um, do us a favor and like, subscribe. Now, you know what? Don't just like and subscribe. Everybody does that. If you like us, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies, tell everybody. And uh, we hope you got something from spending some time with us today and we'll see you next time. Thank you.